The hosts feel it would be a little unkind to present this podcast without just a word of friendly warning. We are about to unfold the story of Frankenstein, a man of science who sought to create a man after his own image without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation, life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now's your chance to. Well, we've warned you. Hello, and welcome once again to the Frankencast. I'm the mad scientist, Anthony Bowman. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm joined as always by... The dumb cops that actually does what the bad guy says and gets killed for it. That is Eric Velasquez. My pronouns are also he. <laughs> yeah, so we're back again with Frankenstein Reborn. Reborn Reborn? Yeah. No, this was from 2005. <laughs> this is not from Full Moon. However, this is our first The Asylum production, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I, I had no idea when I, I was like, Asylum's kind of like the new full moon in a lot of ways, so it, it right? feels it's fitting. Very, yeah, <laughs> very much so. I mean, it's it's interesting, though, because this is from 2005, as I just mentioned. This is kind of when they cared, right? Mm-hmm. This was before they were like, oh, it's easier to just pump out bullshit and get some vaguely rich people or famous <laughs> people uh, in on this and, uh, you know, send it to a sci-fi channel and make a bunch of money that way. Yeah, yeah, this definitely predates all the Sharknado stuff and, like, the Transmorphers and all that mm-hmm. when they just started, like, doing blatant knockoffs of blockbusters and stuff. Like, this is an actual unique property that they have created, a unique story. Yeah, you can actually tell they cared mm-hmm. <laughs> versus versus literally anything else they've done after that. Here's, here's, here's something wild to me, okay? Because I was looking through their The Asylum's uh, filmography, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think this is mentioned anywhere on that page. Interesting. But you know what is mentioned? What's that? A movie called Foreplay, okay? okay. And I'm like, is this is this a knockoff of that, um, oh, the guy from Walking Dead, uh, the one, um, not Four Christmases, what the hell is that called? Oh, um, Love Actually? Love Actually. Yeah, the, the, the poster looked like a ripoff of Love Actually, but no, it is not. This is a movie that the Asylum created called Foreplay, starring Colin Firth, okay, hmm. Stephen Fry, yeah, but like actual well-known good <laughs> actors are in a, a, the Asylum movie. Interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely not familiar with that one, but that's yeah. that's surprising. Yeah. So I, yeah. So I, I did my due diligence this one time. <laughs> um. And like looked into that, and I'm like, okay. But the uh, main actor who will play Victor Franks uh, is basically just a uh, he's a, a, a the Asylum mainstay. <laughs> he's mm. done a lot of their stuff, a few television things. You know who's actually um, not exactly well known, but far more prolific than I thought. Who's that? It's the the guy who plays the creature slash Bryce. His name is uh, Joel Ezra Hebner. I believe he's credited just as Joel Hebner in this. Okay. Um, yeah, also done a ton of uh, TV shows, um, but of course was for a while there a The Asylum alumni as well. But he kind of started breaking off, uh, when was that about? About, mm, we'll, say, we'll say 2013, 2014, right? He's in Ant-Man. Hmm, okay. All right, he's a Pimtech uh, security guard. So he's not not very famous. He was also in a uh, Kenny Chesney uh, video, which, (laughs) okay, sure, why not? And uh, he's also been in a lot of recent horror movies, such as Grim Cuddy and The Collector. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, Like, don't get me wrong, he's not famous, but (laughs) he's more famous than everybody else. Yeah, yeah, there's the only... Like, I, I went through IMDb, and the only actor on that page that I knew or, like, recognized the name at all was Dana DeArmond, who I think is mostly a porn star, but shows up yeah. in, like, racy non-porn stuff occasionally, or, like... Oh, like the old Skinamax? 
Yeah, or like those, you know, when it's like a comedy and they need a porn star in the, you know, then they'll like, you know, just get a porn star. I think she's done a couple things like that, but that's, right. uh, and she's a super minor character in it. I didn't even recognize her when I was watching it, but I just saw the name and I was like, I know that name from somewhere. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, so let's get uh, started on this. We get Frankenstein Reborn with title card right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like... Um, you know, it's like a real edgy kind of font. Like it's like mm-hmm. um, it looks Definitely like that. Like two thousand five. <laughs> yeah, it's it almost looks like that. Like you wouldn't steal a DVD yeah. <laughs> promo thing. It's like you know, kind of shaky typewritery font, and the music is. It, there's a lot of like new metal adjacent kind of music in this. It's it's more like ele- it sounds like the Prodigy or something. It's like kind of right. electronic. Electronica. Like, yeah, um, it, yeah. It's definitely two thousand five. In in so many ways, Loving, um, lovingly so. I guess I don't know if that's <laughs> yeah. true. Or not. But uh, yeah, so we also get immediately. There's a lady. I thought it was like, did they get Gina Gershon in this movie? <laughs> but no, the uh, the actress is uh, Sarah. Uh, what living? Uh, leaving? Living? Leaving? Living? Yeah, I'm not sure. Anyway, she's playing the character of Jessica Halverson, which we really won't find out till way later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she's she's smoking a cigarette. She's trying to call somebody who will learn is is Victor, uh, and she's like she keeps calling him, and like she leaves a uh, her voicemail on the answering machine. Then somebody calls her back, and she's like, "Hey, you know, when are you gonna? Why'd you just ignore me?" And she gets nothing, so she's getting a little bit of the um, scream treatment here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she yeah she gets out of the car. And, like, we just see her kind of exploring this sort of sketchy... Creepy murder hallway? Yeah, yeah. It's like some abandoned warehouse kind of area, and she's she thinks Victor's already there. She's kind of walking around calling for him, and then finds a room that is splattered with blood, and then finds a heart in a jar. Well, also, if you noticed, on the table, there is a decapitated head. And that's when she screams. And I think I saw something, like... They focus on a, a shadow as she goes into the room behind her. And I was like, is that a pair of ice skates? Are those legs hanging up? <laughs> and I, I I don't know. It might have been an axe. But hmm, I don't okay. fucking know. that. No, no axe gets used. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, because it's a warehouse, there's just, like, shit everywhere. It's messy and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that is, there's probably all kinds of weird stuff going on in there. Yeah, but what happens once that heart starts beating, Anthony? She gets attacked from behind by a monstrous figure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then she gets she gets thrown onto a table, chain wrapped around her neck, and then, well, did we did we give the warnings now? Or? <laughs> probably, probably. Let's smart. go for it. Um. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, there's gore. Um. There's kind of sexual assault. There's some like. There's a couple sexual assaults. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's definitely some like inappropriate sexual behavior from several characters. Yeah, it's kind of like similar to like Elizabeth Harvest, where it's like, but but there are some that are like very much ex- more explicit, including like drugs and stuff. Yeah, um, you know, this is not a movie where we're supposed to like Victor at all. <laughs> no, there's also going to be some ableism coming up later, um, mm. in relation to the character of Bryce. Oh yes, yeah. There's and like he's not a well-written character. Like you, you know, like no. even like Bryce is like you know paralyzed and is also kind of using a lot of ableist language because yeah. you know the actor and the writer have no idea what's you know they're just play you know playing the story. Right, um, exactly. Versus, and obviously they've probably never met someone who is paralyzed because I, th- I think most people who've undergone such trauma and survived are usually like, I mean, yeah, sure, it might be better, but I'm okay the way I am right now. Yeah. That's my understanding of yeah. situations. Yeah. What do I know? I've never been through anything like that. <laughs> right. But yeah, it, I, I think that's mostly it. The, yeah, other than gore. Yeah, yeah. So, which is, of course, why you mentioned it now, because the next thing that happens is <laughs> Jessica just gets ripped in half. Well, yeah, it looks like he's going for some sexual assault, SA, you know, <laughs> because he grabs her by the legs. Yeah. Which she's just wearing a skirt. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, no. Already? And yeah. then, but as you said, just rips off her lower torso. So, just some innocent murder. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, and then we just like cut to credits from that. Like we just see her upper half hanging there from the chain, and yeah. then yeah, cut to credits. Which the credits? The, oh, this is where we get the really edgy electronic music, mm-hmm. and we get like 
purple kind of smudgy photos throughout. Yeah. I was like, is this CGI? But it's like, no, this is kind of too early for that. That's still kind of pricey for this <laughs> level of movie. Yeah. Especially no, for the asylum. Photos. Yeah. It's just <laughs> photos they've touched up. That's all. And it's funny because we go from the credits where it's, you know, says that this is an uh, asylum production to an asylum where where <laughs> Victor is being held. They understood the assignment, right? <laughs> yeah. Just this once. <laughs> so basically what's going on is like Victor is accused of a murder or, or several murders mm-hmm. and he's awaiting trial and like this asylum or, or, you know, mental health facility is evaluating his mental stability to see if he can stand trial. Stand trial. You know, we start, we've got the therapist is named Emily? Yeah, Dr. Emily Hertz. They only call her Emily. I don't think they call her Dr. Hertz. Okay. And she's wanting to do um, a session with him where he's not drugged up with Thorazine, which they've mostly been using. Mm. Um, They want him a little bit more cognizant than he's been. And so right away he starts hallucinating and thinks that she is Elizabeth. So he's not in good shape and like... He kind of has, like, a violent outburst, and, like, guards kind of have to, like, hold him down. Elizabeth, Um, it's me. It's me, Elizabeth. Yeah. And so then we just cut to Emily talking to her boss. Dr. Uh, Walton. mm Mm-hmm. Robert Walton. Yeah. Okay. We got got a throwback. I like it. Yeah. You know, again, like you said, it's, like, the people making this care, like, they've paid attention to the Frankenstein details. Like, Robert Walton is... You know, that's a book cut. That's not something you get from most movies. So, like, having that reference is, you know, somebody here is paying attention. So that was nice. Right. Yeah, somebody gave a shit on this one. (laughs) Yeah. Versus Sharknado, why not? (laughs) Right. Uh, So Emily's talking to him, and she's like, I I need to quit. I can't keep working with Victor. He's dangerous. It's, I'm not getting anywhere. He threatens me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, And... Walton's like, but the state needs the eval done by tomorrow, and you're like the third person who's tried to work with him. Uh, everybody keeps quitting. Right, and she's like, yeah, why don't you do it, though? You're like, you're the best we got. Why don't you do it, boss? Yeah. Okay, um, b- but the fact that he kind of is like, fine, whatever, at the end, that pisses me off later on in the movie. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. I-, I think I know what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so like they they kind of d- discuss you know where they are with his case currently. Um, they they say that he is a dangerous sociopath, m- almost certainly a sexual deviant. Which and, boo boo yeah. Boo. <laughs> uh, and they say he, he's probably capable of murder, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he is a murderer. Right. He has the options if, if he wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then we cut to Walton sitting down in front of Victor and, you know, I mean, it, it's perfect because this is Victor and Walton talking. That's that's the whole basis for the Frankenstein novel. And we get it here, uh, you know, obviously under different circumstances, but still it's it's a nice nod. And I like that they've kind of modernized it for the time in that he brings in a recorder, not mm. just, you know, scribing it himself. He's yeah. like, I want to get all the details. Yeah. And my handwriting is Kind of awful. Which, yo, second. 100%. <laughs> so Walton gives Victor a cigarette, and then they kind of have a conversation about, like, it's weird. A lot of doctors smoke, and it seems like they shouldn't because they know the risk. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, not only that, but Victor's like, well, he, he can tell that Walton smokes because his years in the chemical labs have made his olfactory uh, nerves very sensitive, which I'm calling shenanigans. <laughs> I feel like if you've been in a chemical lab for a long time— that's done the exact opposite. You could probably smell nothing. I thought the same thing. Those are like, yeah, yeah your nerves get kind of just like worn <laughs> away from trauma, basically. Right, yeah. So if any, uh, any chemical scientists can tell us, please let us know. We want to know the truth of this matter. So Victor, you know, says, uh, you don't need to worry about cigarettes. Um, your fate as far as health, cancer, all that, it's written into your DNA at birth. There's nothing you can do about it. Ah, we, we love a good biological determinism, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. By the way, why does Walton look like Matt Damon? Like a really <laughs> tall Matt Damon. Yeah, he kind of does. I hadn't, I hadn't clocked that. But yeah, he definitely has that vibe. Right, and he has no right to be named Thomas Downey while looking like Matt Damon. He's like he's like the, uh, the, the Matt Damon and uh, Robert Downey we have at home, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
and so they they start talking. Victor says he originally worked in Africa um, mm. on bio nanotech that was supposed to repair neurologic disorders. Right. He worked for a company called Blackthorn. Mm-hmm. Which is just like a super edgy kind of name, like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, I think Walton says, "So, did you make any progress with it?" And he was like, "Yeah, we we solved it." Uh, but you know, we kind of had to leave after the government caught on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kind of had to flee South Africa. They thought that that would be a safe place to do these tests. But even and I love, I love the fact that Walton was like, "Well, how could you do them in America?" And Victor was just like, "Bro, <laughs> this is America. Come on." <laughs> Right. You know the kind of shady shit you all are doing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so then we cut to him working. We, we get a flashback. A lot of this movie, you know, as the, the story, the framing story kind of thing, we're going to be flashing back and forth a lot. We're working with Bryce, as you mentioned, who is paralyzed. And Victor's like, let me tell you the risks of this procedure. You know, this is all brand new. It's all experimental. Things could go really bad. You could get worse. You could die. You know, Bryce is like, I don't care. You know, I, I'm tired of living this way. You know, I, I just want a better life for myself. Well, and to be fair, don't they say you've got about three months anyway, regardless of what we do? Or mm. does that come later? I, I don't remember that. But yeah, that, that would, that would, I, I feel like they should have focused on that because yeah. that would have made it a little less. Maybe I imagined it. Who knows? We'll find out later. Yeah. I mean, that, that would have made, like, the ableism a little less glaring if, like, yeah. Bryce is like, you know, I'm in a, you know, I, I'm in this situation, but, I, I you know, it's it's temporary. So I, I would rather it be temporary and in a healthy way than, you know, be, you know, end in death. Right. Um, exactly. But Bryce does, you know, he does, he's kind of still full of life. Like, we meet Elizabeth, Victor's assistant, and he, like, hits on her and is like, you know. Right, he's like, hey, in a couple months I'll be fully functional again. Yeah. Or by the time this is over. Yeah, so. So he's all, yeah, like, he's he's making plans for for when he's (laughs) going to be mobile again. Um, And so then they inject him and he, like, goes into kind of, like, sort of seizures. I think it's, like, muscle spasms. Because and I guess they explain it by the nanotech is is interacting with the spinal fluid, and somehow that's causing all the issues. Yeah, I think so. And then we just cut back to the present, where Victor's saying, you know, the nanotech helped Bryce gain some mobility, but really that was just a dry run for the real goal, which was to resurrect the dead. Right, of course, because that's always the goal, right? Yeah, yeah, that's... <laughs> we're talking about Frankenstein here, that's always the goal. Okay. Yeah, and then, of course, uh, Frank's, he's not called Frankenstein, it's just Frank's, mentions that Bryce's lower body was now functional after three months. Maybe that's where I've got it. I don't know. We'll f- mm. I, th- I feel like later they do say that. But but he wasn't, he didn't have, what, full control over it at this time? Yeah, I think so. We also get this little brief scene that Victor starts testing on himself, too. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I understand plot wise why they did that like there's there's a reason but i don't know what victor like is accomplishing by injecting himself with this if he's already got full mobility so here's my thoughts on this okay i feel like the writers wrote themselves into a corner and then they were like how the fuck do we get out of this (laughs) oh of course he did test on himself and that's going to affect something later because we'll never see the something later Mm. they only mention it we don't see it yeah, because so we'll, I think like the next scene is we see Bryce, he's in the bathroom and he s- picks up a razor blade. Well, we're, uh, we're also introduced to Henry, or I'm sorry, Hank, mm, which is short for Henry. Yeah, yeah. Who's like, he was the first to really figure out the side effects that partially affected Frank and then, or Frank's, and will then affect Bryce. Right, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like Bryce, he picks up this razor blade and the... It cuts to, like, he kind of, like, has, you know, you can tell, like, something's going on in his mind. He kind of looks shaken up for a second. And then we just cut to this scene of him um, killing Elizabeth in bed with a razor blade. And there's blood going everywhere. And then we find out that that was, that didn't really happen, that he imagined Yeah, I kind of like that scene because, you know how in a lot of horror movies it's like this person wakes up, they start doing all this crazy stuff... And then it just, like, kicks back and they just wake up in bed. Like, I don't... For this movie, it really worked that it was like, no, this is just a fantasy that's going on in his head. It's obvious. It's clear. You know, they're not hiding it. They're not trying to, like, 
pull some magician bullshit on you. Yeah, and it not being like, you know, he didn't wake up in bed. This isn't a dream. This is something that's happening in his mind when he is awake. Yes. Um, and then I think the, the next thing we see is uh, Victor finding Bryce, like, walking around the, the facility or the, uh, I think it seems like they're kind of in a house that they're all kind of sharing, maybe. Yeah, I think he breaks into the Frank's apartment. Mm, okay. And he's like, you know, he's he's very distraught, and he's like, these the the, the headaches are getting headaches. worse, um, and I, the I you nightmares know, these, are getting worse. Yeah, the, I'm getting these really dark thoughts. Uh, I don't know where they're coming from. This is all really new. Um, and then and he pulls then out a gun. Tries to gaslight him, and he's like, "Hey, we just need to do some more studies, bud. That's all." Yeah, yeah, it'll be okay. You know, just just you know, trust the process. This is experimental. <laughs> There's going to be some side effects, but we'll figure it all out. And then Bryce pulls a gun on Victor. Uh-oh. Yep, he just wants it to stop. Yeah, the violent dreams are too much. He wants Victor to just take him off of everything. Uh, and Victor's like, I can't I can't do that. Like, I, it's it's too late. Like, you're right. in it. Okay, so this is where they mention it. Because Bryce is like, I want to go back to the way I was before. Mm-hmm. And that's when Victor says, within three months, you're going to be, you would have been fully incapacitated. There's uh, nothing you would have done. And right. Even if you survived that long. Okay, yeah. He, like, describes some of what he was dreaming, and then I think it just cuts to, like, later, and Victor is talking to Jessica, who we saw at the beginning. She's really upset because it seems like she's either an investor or she's, like, the go-between from some investors who have have put a lot of money into Victor's uh, experiments. Yeah, I think she's his handler, basically, for the pharmaceutical companies that Victor's working for. Pharmaceutical slash uh, military industrial complex. (laughs) Right, yeah. And so she's obviously upset because the test subject, the one and only test subject, Bryce, has escaped. He's gone missing. Oh, no. Where did he go, I wonder? Yeah. And so the trustees are like, you know, the research has stopped. We're not happy about that. You need to move forward. Victor's like, no, nah, no, nah, we're super close. Like, we're just like right there. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll get there. And then we have him talking to... Henry, or Hank. Yeah. And he's like, well, we've got a, I've got a new idea. We're going to continue the research. And Hank's we found like, a replacement body. Yeah, Hank's like, but we've made so much progress with Bryce. How are we going to start from scratch and get done quickly? And he's like, well, you know, he pulls out that this is Bryce. Like, Bryce is dead. He's got Bryce's body, and they are going to put it back together. And... Yeah, well, they actually are hiding it right now. Oh, yeah, yeah they don't they don't show that it's Bryce because it's, it's just corpse parts at the moment. Right. Um, but, yeah, they uh, build the body out of the parts. They put him, they put it in, like, this sort of chemical bath, this big, like, tank of greenish, murky water. Right. Now, the reason why they deconstruct him, aside from hiding the fact that it's Bryce, is basically they want to uh, realign his systems to better work with the nanites. Mm. So they're, like, they're doing some surgery on him while they're putting the nanites into his system. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. And, you know, of course, he's all, like, bandaged up when he's in the tank, so we can't see who it, who it is. Right, and I love I love how narrator Franks or Victor says this is the point in the story in which it takes a dark and irreversible turn. <laughs> this is the point, not back in South Africa. That wasn't when it took a dark and irreversible <laughs> yeah. turn. Yeah, this is like dark and irreversible from the jump. <laughs> right, uh, and the yeah, it, as he's saying that, we get like the creation in the the tank, like kind of springs up out of the the bath and like attacks Henry. And then it immediately cuts back to the present. So uh, we're kind of left hanging as, as to what was going on or, you know, what happens there. And Walton's like, yeah, I don't, be- this is all made up. This doesn't, there's no way any of this is true. Yeah, we're going to cut your dosage to your, uh, not, it wasn't Thorazine. What was it called? Leprazine or something like that. Anyway, yeah. you're, we're going to cut your drugs a little bit so you're a little bit more lucid during our next conversation. <laughs> yeah. And th- like, I, I think that's sort of like the end of their interview for the day. And, um, mm-hmm. Walton goes outside in the hallway and bumps into two police officers who want to talk to him and see how things are progressing. Um, yeah, we've got, what is it, De- Detective uh, Ferrati and Detective Nimby. Mm, okay. Yeah, I did not write their names down at all. Um, I don't think they ever actually say their names. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there are points, there are points, yeah, this is strictly IMDb. But there are <laughs> points when the audio is just so bad that you will not ma- be able to understand shit they say. <laughs> yeah. The two cops, yeah, they're, they're checking in. They want to, or in fact, I think they're just like, oh, we want to talk, and then we cut back to another flashback before we get any, any conversation with Walton and the cops. We've got another woman at a bar. Uh, she goes, she leaves, she goes and unlocks her car, gets in, and then is like, oh, my purse. 
So she goes back inside, gets her purse without locking the car door, goes back, gets in the car, and, you know, sure enough... She adjusts the mirror, and what's in that mirror? Yep, this hideously deformed monster who then punches straight through the car seat and pushes her heart out of the front of her body, like, just, uh, you know, just, like, cartoonishly murders her. Yeah, we'll find out her name's Rebecca. She's actually important, not just a (laughs) random victim. Yeah. So, and, like, the timeline's a little weird here, but I think this is kind of happening a little bit closer to the interview than to the, the, the flashbacks. It's kind of in the middle there. Um, but, but definitely before the, uh, the intro to the, the movie. <laughs> right, yes. Then do we, we go back to the police, yeah. So now they're, yes, uh, they're on the Frank roof. Walton, yeah, they're smoking on the roof. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, there's still two associates of Victor that have gone missing. Uh, we'll find we, out it's Hanks and Elizabeth. Yeah, and they're like, we know he's going to try to plead insanity, but, you know, we want to give him the death penalty, and that's that's not going to fly. Walton's like, but I thought he, doesn't he just have a public defender right now? He's not even trying to, you know, contest anything. And they're like, they're oh, like, yeah. He's going he's to go for a real lawyer if he Yeah, has. he'll lawyer up at the last minute, go, you know, ins- insanity plea and try to get out. So to prevent that, we need you to get a confession from him. That will okay. seal the deal. So this, this chaps my ass a little bit. Because at this point, Walton is like, oh, yeah, well, whatever he tells me is inadmissible in court. Dude, you're the court-appointed psychologist. <laughs> like, that is the point of you. You are there for evidence. Yeah, yeah. Like, there is, you know, client-patient or patient-doctor confidentiality stuff. But no, not in this case. This is no. this is a prime example of when that, you know, gets put on hold. Right. Um, but yeah, so he's like, I don't know if I could do it, but I, I can try to get some info and maybe it could be useful to you, but you know, it can't be, I can't testify, which yes, you can. That's the whole yeah, point. That's the whole point of you. That's why you're here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think from there we go back to Walton talking to Victor again. Um, and he's like, so tell me about Elizabeth. What was your relationship with her? And Victor's like, you know, I loved, I loved her. her as much as I could. Yeah. And we instantly go to a flashback of Victor and Elizabeth having kinky sex. Right. I like how he just degrades her immediately. He's like, she was a simple girl from the Midwest. (laughs) Yeah. Cool, man. Very cool. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, I think she has him like tire or he takes, she takes off his belt and then has him. And he ties her up with his belt. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, hit me. (laughs) I want some stank on it. It's like, you know, I mean. If they're into it, sure. Yeah. Consenting adults. Yeah. You know, like we said, there is going to be some, some dicey stuff later. But this, sure, you know, if you're both into it, go for it. That's that's great. Yeah. Um, I don't know about the hitting part, but maybe, sure, why not? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Anyway. But, yeah, uh, Walton is, uh, so you guys were dating. Yeah. And then he's like, what about Hank Clerval? Um, and, you know, Victor's like, yeah, he was a skilled surgeon. He was really helpful in my research. Yeah, he's a little bit crude, but he was a great surgeon. Yeah. And then Walton's like, so what about Rebecca Clark? She accused Hmm. you of assault. Hmm. And Victor's like... Well, those claims are baseless, is what mm -hmm. Frank says. Yeah, it's definitely like the, you know, everything's been blown out of proportion. You know, it's Uh it's very male response to Me Too accusation kind of stuff here. Um, But I do like how Walton is like, or he calls him Mr. Walton. And he's mm. done that a couple times, and Dr. Walton's like, uh, it's Dr. Walton. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, because I think at the beginning, there's something where, like, that, that happens in reverse, where Victor's like, yes. you know, it's Dr. Franks. And then, yeah, now it's, uh, he's kind of getting him back there. Um, right. But at this point, Walton is, is like, no, we're kind of establishing a timeline of history of a, uh, of a history of violence. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then we, so we get another flashback, and we get the interview with Rebecca, which is like, there's a lot of sexual tension in this scene. Right. I'll um, do anything, Doctor. By mm-hmm. the way, Victor's audio, once again, sucks. It sounds like they didn't even mic him up this time. <laughs> yeah, like they've got one mic that they're right. sharing or something. Yeah. Um, and, and she's think, like, I'm single and I'll do anything it takes. Yeah. Anything. Yeah, because he says something like, you know, this job is going to require so much of your time that it's not going to work if you've got, you know, a husband or a boyfriend. And she's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't, and I'm going right. to do whatever it takes. So she got the message that, that he, was, he wasn't he was asking about her time. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. 
you know, once they kind of have their sort of flirty interview, we just cut to all of our doctors now, Victor, Elizabeth, Hank, and Rebecca, all working with Bryce, collectively taking care of him and helping with the process. Uh, and it's just a really quick scene. And then I think we just cut to them, like, after their workday, they're all hanging out at a bar together. And Rebecca is flirting with Victor pretty hard. Uh, and Elizabeth, like, it looks like Elizabeth's... Is, is jealous? Yeah, it looks like she's jealous and kind of pissed about it. And she, like, orders some drinks and then, like, puts drugs in one of them and then goes and gives it to Rebecca. And it's like, oh, she's going to try to, like, kill her or get her out of the picture in some way. But instead, we cut to a little later, they're back at the apartment, and Victor and Elizabeth sort of, like... Well, Elizabeth is macking on Rebecca. Mm Mm-hmm. She's, like, all up on her. Yeah, like, uh, she's... And Rebecca's not unconscious, but she... You can tell she's kind of, like, dazed. She's, She's drugged, but not out. Um, right. And, you know, so at first, it, yeah, it's Elizabeth. Elizabeth and Rebecca are, like, making out. They're rolling around. Victor's kind of watching it. Um, oh, by the way, we don't... Did you... We didn't mention that the uh, person giving her the drugs was her friend. Um, like, is she even credited? Yeah, uh, yeah. you just see her, like... Is it Candy? Uh, is Candy her name? Maybe? Sure, we'll go with Candy. <laughs> Because she, she definitely does a lot of nose candy. Mm, yeah, that would make sense. Uh, but yeah, Victor's like watching them kind of fooling around. He shoots something up, I assume heroin. It's it's not really shown, but he like injects something while while they're uh, fooling around. And then we... Well, yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely cooking it with a spoon. Mm-hmm, yeah. So if it ain't heroin, it's damn close. <laughs> and then we get the, the, the first instance of something that will kind of become like a motif throughout the movie, but I don't really understand what its purpose is, which is that like... Uh, there are like camera snapshots of what's going on. So it's very Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? <laughs> yeah, it just kind of like freeze frames on what's happening and then like kind of continues. Uh, you know, it would make sense if somebody was taking those photos, if we had somebody spying on them or whatever. But like, no, it's just like a way to. Uh, it happens in sex and murder scenes for the rest of the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I don't really know why. It's, I guess it's just a, a strange stylistic choice they decided to go with. I, I do feel that this was their kind of, like, they probably just saw the, the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and were like, ah, this is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. And then we cut back to the present and Walton is like, I don't like that. <laughs> that was not a good story. Uh, you know, drugging Rebecca and everything. And Victor's like, oh, you're so judgmental. And he's like, yeah, right. that's that's my job. I am here to judge you. <laughs> right. He's like, no, you're here to judge my men- mental capacity, not my morality. It's like, mm, sometimes they're kind of a little bit closer than you want to believe. Yeah. And, you know, Victor says, you know, rough sex, whatever. Like, I'm not a murderer. Like, that's that's not something that I do. Like, then we cut back to some past moment where Victor is at the same bar, but he's talking to Jessica this time. She's, again, checking up on the investment and worried about his progress. She's like, I know you got a drug habit, and that's impacting your work, and I'm concerned about that. Right. Uh, Makes sense. Yeah. Victor tells Walton, back in the present, this is where we kind of get the explanation for what's going on, or why Victor had to test on himself, uh, which is that when he would inject himself with the nanotech, it would upload his thoughts into, like, a central computer database, and then when they would inject bryce he was downloading victor's dark thoughts into his brain which that's that sounds sketchy right (laughs) that sounds like that's kind of planned right yeah and it doesn't entirely make sense i I think what the intent here is like you know with a lot of frankenstein stories we have you know the debate of is victor the monster or is the creation the monster and i think here this is a way for it to kind of be both and it'd be like yes victor is the monster and he turned the creation into a monster directly through his own monstrousness. Mm -hmm. So he's like, yeah, so all of Bryce's dark thoughts, all of his weird visions and everything, they were actually mine. Flashback to the night when Bryce pulled the gun on Victor. So, which, uh, uh, you know, again, talking about like asylum trying the way that this movie is structured with the flashbacks and flash forwards, it's, it keeps things pretty tense and actually stays pretty well organized. Like, you're never like, wait, what? The? Like, there are a few moments where you're like, I'm not sure where exactly this fits in the timeline, but it's not necessary to know exactly. But, you know, in stuff like this where it's like, you know, we had Bryce pull the gun and then we cut away and you kind of forget about that moment. And then when you come back to it, you're like, oh, shit, yeah, what what did happen after that? And it kind of like, 
keeps you moving along at, at a pretty brisk pace. Right. It's like, you want to know? Well, I'll tell you. This is what happened. Yeah. Victor, you know, is like, my research is bigger than you. And he manages to get the gun away from Bryce and shoots him. Right. Which you kind of saw that coming, right, Bryce? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right. he's not exactly all theirs and he's kind of a dick. So, so you know, we, we did kind of give away or I did that, that Bryce is the creature. But like this whole thing where like Bryce has gone missing. Now we find out he didn't go missing and Victor knew exactly where he was because Victor killed him. Uh, which leads to the next sort of flashback scene, which is Victor talking to Hank, and he's like, I've got a way to continue our research. I've got Bryce's body. And, yeah. Um, Tell you what, I'll give you half, uh, I'll give you $100,000. That's all that's left in the account, I'm sure, uh, before they try to sue us. You'll get that, and then, you know, then we'll we'll put Bryce back together again, we'll revive him, everything will be great, like we originally planned, right? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Hank slash Henry is like, well, what about Liz and Rebecca? Like, they they also worked for this, right? And he's like, they're they're all right, but you you're the guy that'll make it happen. Yeah, yeah. I I, th- I think it's definitely stoking Hank's ego a little bit here, but also yeah. wisely, he's trying to keep the people you know in the know as small as possible. Right. Um, Which he 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 purveys it or he expresses that it's because he loves Elizabeth versus didn't want to share the fucking money with Elizabeth. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, like Hank agrees, you know, I think it's, you know, the money and the ego stroking work and he's yep. like, okay, well, I'll do it. But this is, it's just this one. Like we, we're going to do this. We'll, we'll, sh- you know, show it to the scientific community and then I'm out. Like I'm not. Yep. So then they're going to do the surgery. And for whatever reason, they're like this time, we gotta inject the nanobots right into the face. It can't be- right in the face. <laughs> okay, let's talk about that because I feel like that's that's Frank's being like, "Fuck this guy! I don't want anyone to recognize him, mm. and we want a reason for him to be fucked up." Right? Yeah, yeah. For the- but also, <laughs> all right. So let's talk about the gel torso. Can we talk about the gel torso? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So check this out. I love this scene, but <laughs> you can tell the, the small mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. They they have a gel torso underneath the actor's actual head. Um, they start cutting into it. You can see the cut lines, but literally beside the cut line is where the blood's coming out of the tube for the scalp. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's fucking funny. That's so good. Because it should be in in the cut. Yeah. <laughs> versus it being literally to the side of it. I'm yeah. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> You know, for all the, uh, you know, us saying Asylum trying hard, they're still Asylum. <laughs> yeah, they're still Asylum. They're going to do Asylum. Like, the audio before and this, mm-hmm. they're still Asylum. Yeah. You know? Like, I feel like, well, we'll talk about later, but I feel like Asylum's kind of me and my friends getting together and making movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, while they're finishing that, Elizabeth, like, knocks on the door and, and wants to come in, and Victor's like, no, you know, go away, We're this is important work, we can't have you interrupting us at this time, and she's, you know, she's part of the team, so she's, you know, kind of heartbroken about that, that yeah. she's not... She's like, you're operating without me? Yeah, I'm not important enough to do whatever this, this procedure is. What a bastard. Yeah. Bryce kind of, like, revives temporarily, but then just kind of, like... Stop, you know, everything stops, and Victor's like, okay, I guess... Or, no, Henry's like, I guess we failed. You know, that wasn't yeah. wasn't enough. Um, it sucks to suck. We're done. Yeah. Uh, and Victor's like, we gotta keep trying, and, you know... Oh, also, if you uh, if you have an issue with tinnitus, it's not your tinnitus that's going on. There's just a ear-piercing fucking screech <laughs> from him being flatlined, I guess. Yeah, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and then, like... It just cuts to, like, later that night, Victor hears monitors beeping outside of his room and, you know, goes, you know, rushing out. He says, it's alive, because we got to have him say it's alive. Mm -hmm. Um, And he, like, records a little, like, you know, like, you know, doctors are always, like, especially, like, morgue technicians, but, like, that, you know, they have to record their sort of, like, statements about progress and everything. Uh, He starts to do that, and then we just cut to him... Uh, speeding across town to go talk to Hank and tell him what happened. Yeah, he's got to tell Henry or Henry slash Hank how how's it how it went down that we're we're back in the money, baby. Yeah. Uh, but well, he knocks on the door. Henry or Hank answers, but 
that's not the only voice he hears. <laughs> yep, Elizabeth is in there. So uh, Henry and Betrayal. Elizabeth, you know, and which again, like the, that seems to be an ongoing thing in a lot of adaptations. Is like, did Henry and Elizabeth have a little thing going on on the side? Uh, Everyone's like, that would have been the best outcome for <laughs> for both for of both them. characters. Yeah, um, and. <laughs> Then it just cuts to, you know, back into the present, and Victor tells Walton, that was the last time I saw Hank alive. Alive, uh-huh. Walton writes something down right after he says that, and Victor's like, what'd you just write down? And he's like, nothing. He's like, no, right. you just you just wrote something when I said that. It's like, that's it. it was kind of a confession. I mean, uh, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Which, by the way, let's go back to him shooting Bryce. Like, that's, that's nail number one in the coffin, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, he told him it's that, like, so... You're done here, baby. We're, we're, we can go home. Yeah, the rest of the deaths, I mean, if we can get confessions too, great. But, like, yeah. one's enough. Right. Uh, and so then Victor says, you know, after I, I left Henry's, I went back to the lab. No, it's, it's Henry goes to the lab. So, like, there's a, right. a flashback of Henry going to He's the like, lab. He's like, hey, come check it, check it out anyway. Mm-hmm. Meet me at the freaking lab. Yeah, but Victor's not there. And then that's when the scene we saw earlier of the creature grabbing Henry, that's when that happens. He grabs him and pulls him into the tank and drowns him. Right. Ah, rough. Yeah. And then he starts to, the creature starts to remove his bandages and we see that his face, as you said, is all fucked up. It's all decayed. It's skeletal. Uh, It kind of, it, it, it may be the closest to like the Bernie Wrightson drawings uh, yeah. That I've seen in a, a film adaptation. I mean, it's it's not you know it's it's Asylum, so it doesn't look incredible, but it's it's going for that kind of uh, appearance at least. Like, uh, what is the character from House? Is, it, is his name Eddie from House? Mm, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, so. Very much like that character. Yeah, absolutely. The skeletal guy. Uh, and so then Victor does arrive back at the lab and finds that the creature has escaped and that Hank is dead. <gasps> oh no. <laughs> I'm sure he didn't want that to happen. Right, yeah. Uh, Victor's like, yeah, so I didn't kill him, but I did dissolve his body with acid because I didn't want to get in trouble. (laughs) Ah, number two, (laughs) destroying evidence. Gotcha. And then uh, back in the present, Victor's like, I wish you all wouldn't give me all the the drugs you're giving me. It takes away feeling. Describing the, like, numbness of being over-medicated, he says, Mm -hmm. science can rob you of humanity. Which yeah, well, the drugs rob you of your senses, mm-hmm. but the drugs rob you of your humanity. Yeah, humanity. yeah. So it's you know, science made the drugs that are robbing him of this, but like in reality, his mindless desire to pursue science ha- is what's robbed him of his humanity. So yeah, it's I yeah. thought that was nice. Yeah. And then we go back to Victor alone in the lab. He loads a gun. Yeah, to defend himself, of course, because we know guns work against creatures. Mm, right, yeah. So effectively. And the yeah. way the scene's played, it's, it, I mean, of course, we know that we're in the present, or, you know, we've jumped around in the timeline, so we know, but, like, it kind of looks like Victor is contemplating, like, I could just kill myself and get out of this right. whole problem, or I could use it to try to stop the creature. And We probably didn't mention there's a little bit of suicidal ideation going on mm-hmm. a couple times. Yeah. Sorry yeah. about that. It's, it's brief and it's never like acted on in like any kind of like really you know traumatic way or anything but yeah there's some low level stuff going on there for sure but victor ends up falling asleep with the gun and then wakes up a little later being attacked by the creature right by the creature we get like a creature who's already able to talk for the most part and he yells fix me what am i you're just an experiment that's a great way to to uh, calm someone down calling (laughs) him just an experiment right yeah, but he does say, you are a masterpiece, a testament mm-hmm. to my genius. My genius, <laughs> not, not the uh, genius of Hank or Elizabeth. But tell you what, we will help you, you know? Yeah. Or I'll help you, not wheel. <laughs> there is no wheel with Victor. Yeah, but the creature ends up just kind of like storming out in rage at, at you know, the information Victor's given him. So Victor just mm-hmm. goes home. And there he... Well, what should he find there? Yeah, he finds Elizabeth, who is dressed in lingerie and wanting to apologize for, you know, for sleeping with Hank. I like Hank, but I love you, Victor. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe, sure, why not, but... Yeah, and we we get a brief moment of Victor being slightly uh, selfless. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> he says it, but I don't believe it. Mm, yeah. 
he he just he says basically that like he knew that Elizabeth would be in danger of the creature because it, it already killed Henry. Um, yeah. So he needed to get Elizabeth out of the picture. So to do that, he's cruel and insulting to her so that she will leave. Yeah, he just tells her you were good for not you weren't good for anything but a lay, and mm-hmm. he said a lot more cruder words than that. But then he just calls her a whore. Yeah. So she leaves, and obviously heartbroken. And then we get her again talking to that same friend from earlier that that we are calling Candy. Uh, right. And she's you know, Who, who's like, hey, here's some pills to calm you down and make you happy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, By the way. Is it me, or is there a lot of sexual tension between her, those two? Yeah, I got that vibe for sure. I mean, we, we, we know Elizabeth is bisexual since she already was fooling around with Rebecca earlier, right. so makes sense. And it feels like her friend's like, hey, I know you're bi. Let's, <laughs> why not me? Pick me. Yeah, we'll do some drugs and party. Um, right. And her, she says something like, why don't you go upstairs? You, take a bath. You can calm down. Right. I'll, I'll, Have some wine with your happy pills, <laughs> which that's a great idea. Right. And take a bath. Yeah. Why sit here and do some nose candy? (laughs) Chop, chop, chop. So Elizabeth goes upstairs. She kind of seems to be having a little bit of a panic attack or something as she's getting the the tub ready. She eventually gets in while downstairs. I hate hate to interrupt, but did it make you as nervous as it made me that, uh, like, candy uh, has so many fucking tea lights? (laughs) Like, tea candles around her room for no reason? Yeah, it seems like we were getting set up for a fire. Okay. uh, Some fire bad action here. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) But then, and then to compound things, Candy also is like, "Hey, Elizabeth, do you mind if I put on some music?" And Elizabeth's not paying attention, so she cranks up music, which is you know a bunch of like it's it's new metal, it's loud, and it's like, okay, now she's going to be completely unable to hear anything going on around her. We're definitely being set up for uh, Candy to you know not make it out of this scene alive, right? <laughs> which she probably does not because the creature slash Bryce busts in and just like bodies her through her glass table Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it looks like you see a big like triangle of glass like impaling like sticking out of her stomach or chest or something so yeah it does not seem like she's gonna make it and then we just cut to upstairs where the creature you know finds elizabeth in the bath attacks her rips out her heart so he's definitely got a fondness for doing that Right, he's got he's he's got a fondness for heart. <laughs> While that's going on, we get more of those like weird camera snapshot things, mm-hmm. and then we just see him carrying the body out in that traditional like creature carrying a, a unconscious lady just across his arms. Well, he brings Elizabeth back, and Victor like comes out of his room, and he gives the most amazing like Anakin Skywalker. No, <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that down too. It's so like it's it was so bad that I rewound it and listened to it again. Like I know, it, like it sounds like it was ADR'd, and they didn't even like mix it in the way they should have. So it's it sounds like it sound his performance is bad and also the way that it is layered into the the actual film is bad so it really feels out of place yeah i know it's so amazing <laughs> like i want to throw that up on uh tiktok and see if they can like di- differentiate the uh w- where the no came from yeah <laughs> the creature lays down elizabeth and she's wrapped in a shower curtain uh, it kind of reminded me of Laura Palmer from Twin Peaks. Yeah. Uh, but it also, like, the way the shower curtains kind of got, like, fringe to it, it almost, it looked like they were maybe implying, like, it, like, it was supposed to look a little like a wedding dress, uh, the way she was kind of covered. You know, if she's obviously our bride character here. I hope you're, we're not giving uh, the asylum too much credit <laughs> here. Yeah, I, I don't know if, the, yeah, it might be Could digging. go either way. <laughs> Victor says something about, like, you know, so I wanted to revive her. Not as a bride for the creature, but for myself. Or for me. Yeah, I, I wanted Which, her back. Okay, we didn't know that the the creature necessarily wanted a bride. It made sense. But sure, why not? And that's when Walton says something that's fucking genius. He's like, so you set up the creature to kill again. Mm-hmm. Like, you're already sending him out to kill things. So that's like fucking nail number three. <laughs> right. And Victor doesn't like, deny it. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I had to. It made perfect sense. It's what had to be done. So the first body the creature finds is uh, he kills a junkie, and Victor's yeah. like, no, this this is no good. She's all contaminated. She's full of drugs. 
we don't want to mix that in with our, you know, healthy Elizabeth body. I I argue that because Elizabeth's friend was Candy. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure Elizabeth had, you know, I mean, we know she took some pills and went into the bath, so yeah. she has some drugs in her system. Right. Um, and then, so we cut back to the creature. This is that search for the perfect woman bullshit again. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I, I, I think this has happened before, but I, I, I didn't we didn't mention it but like the creature when he moves around like they mix in some audio of like a tiger breathing yeah he snarled it's like that yeah that rumbly kind of breath that you hear from big cats so I, yeah i don't know what victor did to him to make him make that sound i, I think it's just it sounds cool let's make it kind of creepy uh, yep but it's the vibe yeah so we we see the creature leaving you know to go find another woman and then immediately cut to um, a woman talking to a little girl. I thought it was her mom at first, but I think it's actually her babysitter. Right. Yes. Exactly. Usually when you do babysitters in movies, it's always like a teen, but this is a grown woman, so that, that's what kind of threw me off. The girl is talking to somebody upstairs, and the babysitter's like, who are you talking to? And she's like, my new friend in the closet. And that's when you're like, oh, she's going to open the closet and get got. <laughs> uh, but yeah, instead the babysitter's like, all right, that's fine. You can talk to your friend. I'm going to go downstairs. So she goes to watch TV and then that's where the creature appears and attacks her. Uh, right, but he doesn't get her. We get a little, almost a Scooby-Doo scene where she's running around and running away from him. Yeah, if she, like, hits him with a lamp, um, mm-hmm. and then she, like, yells up to the little girl and is like, call 911. <laughs> right. I love how the fucking little girl, by the way, the the uh, babysitter's name Susie, I believe, and the little girl's name Wendy. Mm, okay. But Wendy is such an obnoxious little shit. <laughs> she's like, I don't want to call 911. <laughs> it's like... She's screaming for fucking dear life. Call 911, yeah. girl. Yeah, and the babysitter's like, do it, bitch, or I'm going to die. Right. <laughs> Which, yeah, that was pretty funny. Uh, and, and then um, she's like, well, can my friend call 911? <laughs> and who's her friend? Yeah, that's right. It's the creature. Yeah. We hear a scream and cut to the creature just dropping the babysitter on the table in front of Victor. So yeah, Victor's like, she'll do. Yeah, that'll work. So he begins surgery, which in this case is he's literally just going to put Elizabeth's head on this, <laughs> this woman's body. Sure. Why not? Uh, yeah. So while he's like doing the surgery, he's like crying cause he's cutting into Elizabeth who he loves to some degree. So he's crying and like blood is splattering on his face as he's cutting. I thought it was pretty funny. You know, so he finally gets them together and then we get him lowering the bride into that same revival tank. Absolutely. And he's like, well, it turns out uh, Bryce was an anomaly and we couldn't bring Elizabeth back. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, And then Walton's like, so, you know, we've been working on this case for a while and that your lab doesn't even exist. And we found no evidence that any of this happened. Um, yeah, and Susie's body was found in a dumpster downtown. Mm-hmm. So. so, yeah, I don't believe any of this story. Victor says, you know, it's all true. The only reason I turned myself in was for your protection. Like, I wanted to be under lock and key to save myself from the creature. Right, which, like, that's just an admission of everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like, boom, we're done. <laughs> Send him on. Yeah, and, you know, Walton's like, so you've, you're putting all of us at risk now if, if your story's true. And he's like, I mean, it's not my fault. Like, you know, I didn't make any mistakes. The creature turned out Mm -hmm. bad. It's not my, you know, that that wasn't my doing. That's not my fault. Yeah. Yeah. He says something like, when it does find me, and it will. Run, Walton. Yeah, run. Then we get Walton talking to the cops again, and he's like, I haven't really gotten a confession, which, yes, he has. He's gotten Victor confessed to all (laughs) kinds of shit. Um, Yeah. But, But maybe if I could interview the little girl, Wendy, maybe I can, you know, finally put this case to rest. Not that I could have done it multiple times before. Yeah. And so the police let let him talk to her, and he's like, so tell me about your friend. And she gives him the information that the friend is seven feet tall. That's unusual. So, like, Walton talks to the cops, and they're like, yeah, kids, they're, they're not good witnesses. Like, that's not useful mm-hmm. to us at all. Uh, right. Walton's like, yeah, but, you know, we know Victor's not that tall. We know Hank wasn't that tall, but we don't know about Bryce. We should get some more info about that. That might bring everything into clarity. Okay, it's time for a rant now from Eric. <clears throat> the cops say, uh, we'll, we'll let you know if we ever find his body. Um, guys, he, he drove a motorcycle. He has a fucking license. <laughs> Yeah, the, it's on file. You can literally just go down and get it. Your cops, right? Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, that's obvious. Like they they should have <laughs> thought of that for sure. Right. 
Sorry about that. I don't, I don't know if that's just where my mind goes. It's like, you guys have access to this shit. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. One of the cops gets a phone call, and he's like, oh, we just got word that Rebecca's body, or no, not her body, her car. Her car. Her car was found, and the body was not in the car. They decide, let's all go talk to Victor. We'll bring the police in. We're all going to sit down with him. Maybe we can get a confession out of him now that we have this additional information. They tell Victor about that, and he's like, yeah, Rebecca's probably dead. Jessica's, yeah. Jessica's probably dead, too. Um, you'll eventually end up finding her as well. And he, again, kind of emphasizes this whole thing with, like, Bryce received all of my nightmares and my dark visions through nanotech. And so mm-hmm. it's not that he was murdering people to protect me or anything. He's specifically murdering people because of because my... Because I wanted to. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's not, like, uh, instruction. It's, like you know direct like replication of victor's dark thoughts which once again bag this guy what are we doing here right and but no then he's like okay i tell you what i'll sign a confession if you take me to the lab and i'll show we'll go through the lab we'll point out the bodies everything just take me to my lab yeah and the cops are like no why would we do that there's no incentive for us to do that and victor's like well well if you don't i am gonna lawyer up i am gonna plead insanity so if you want me to confess if you want to you know an open and shut case you'll do what i say but they literally have an open and shut case they don't have to do anything else yeah they've already got everything they need so then we have the, the uh the two cops Walton and Emily, who is now back, and they are hey. all debating how they should proceed. Everyone's like, there's there's a lot of risks that are involved in this. And at first, the cops are like, well, there's no risk to you all. You're not going. And Walton and Emily are both like, yeah, yeah, we, we're definitely going. Yeah. Like, we need to be there. Which is weird, because Emily, like, you know. Yeah, she fucking gave the case to Walton, and she's like, this is my case. It's not your case. You quit. Mm-hmm. You're done. Yeah. You, you should not be in this movie anymore, man. <laughs> right. They end up deciding to all go. And they're going to even bring his uh, court-appointed attorney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so which, Who's named Grabowski, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's just in this last little bit. So yeah. um, so when they do end up getting to uh, the lab, you know, Victor's kind of giving them a tour around. And then we see there is Jessica. She's still there, split in half, hanging yep. from the She's lab. still warm, even. Mm, yeah. You know, obviously some some bad stuff's going on here. They find the bride still floating in the tank, you know, not revived. The cops then hear a noise, and like fucking morons, they go they go investigate. Mm-hmm. While that's going on, Victor attacks Emily and starts holding her hostage. And the noise that the cops go to investigate is the creature who attacks them. Yep, and kills them both. Yeah, and we get pretty. Yeah, this is a, a you know brutal kill scene. We get a lot more of those like photo snapshots again. I think, and then the creature rips off the lawyer's arm. His arm, <laughs> like it was like cartoon. Like I thought he was gonna start beating him with it. Like right. um, Victor starts talking to the creature. You know, still you know using Emily as a shield, and is like, we have so much more work to do. Yeah, yeah. The, calm down. We can figure all this out. And then Walton goes over to the revival tank and sees, like, car jumper cables connected to it. So he goes and attaches them to the creature instead. Yeah, well, the creature just gives the fuck up and starts attacking Victor. And Emily somehow gets out of there. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, So Walton manages to electrocute the creature and... And Victor. Yeah. The energy's passing through them both, so Victor collapses to the ground. He he has a brief flashback of, oh, if we use too much power, it'll blow the system. So Walton's like, all right, I'll blow this fucking system. Let's do it. Yeah. We almost see, like, some more, like, dark vision kind of stuff, and it seems like maybe those nanobots have passed back to Victor from the creature in the process. Then we go back to the hospital where Walton is recording his testimony of everything that happened there. It sounds like, basically, the police are going to cover all this up, but at least he has first-hand knowledge. Um, Yeah, well, he literally says the police won't share any information with me. Sir, what information do you need? You have literally everything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it, it seemed like like it was like they were they're debating how they're going to move forward, and you know mm-hmm. like he he thinks they're going to not tell all of this yeah. to the public, but he's like, I you know I don't know how that that case will go, but I at least have firsthand knowledge that these the evil that these two men brought into the world is truly dead. So whatever whatever the cops do, at least we know we're safe. Hey Anthony, why are we cutting back to the lab? <laughs> Yep, we go over to the revival tank where the bride awakes. Oh no! Then we get the that uh, new metal song <laughs> that they paid for called I believe it's called "Sweet Intoxication." Uh, 
parentheses, voodoo mix in parentheses. <laughs> yep, and so that's how we end with the... Uh... Abrupt ending? Yep, yeah. By the way, I will say I appreciate that if you kept watching it, like, because I was like, I'm certain there's going to be a another scene at the end of this. This is the perfect time to start that, you know... I think uh, what Iron Man had come out by now, mm. Marvel was in the full the, the starting stages of all that, but no, but they do have a little note that says uh, no, no persons were harmed in the making of this film, no monsters were harmed during <laughs> the making of this production. Uh, also, go back to the video store and rent more asylum films. Why are you still reading this? Yeah, yeah, because I had the same thing because like the credits were really long, so I was like, oh, there probably mm-hmm. is something here at the end, and then no, it was just long credits, and no. yeah, but there no. were those nice little jokes if you if you stuck around, so that was that was good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about this movie a little bit more. <laughs> what? So I mean, obviously there were a lot of uh, errors, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it had a, it had some good bones. Yeah, yeah, I um, you know, it's it's not perfect. It's a schlocky kind of like trash movie from the mid 2000s, but like yeah, it's fun. It has, you know, like we said, it, it modernizes the Frankenstein story in some interesting ways that are fun and, you know, it it tells a familiar story but in a unique way. Um so yeah, I I, I thought it it was definitely it's definitely worth a watch. It was um better than I expected when I started seeing asylum stuff at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I don't expect much from this movie. Okay, it's impressed me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like you know, the even the creature makeup wasn't the best, but it was decent. the The lab looked good. Like they, you know, they managed to make sets that were probably done on shoestring budgets, but they looked pretty good. Yeah, it's amazing how like well they've done in parts and how like just silly mistakes happen in others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it definitely seems like at least the person who wrote it knows and yes. cares about Frankenstein and put some good yes. stuff in there. So, yeah, we always appreciate that. Maybe a lot of the mistakes were just we didn't have enough budget to go back and do take number two. That's a possibility as well. Yeah. Yeah, like that no definitely felt like they probably had to ADR that in and then they just weren't able to get it mixed the way they wanted and they just right. sent it out. I mean, you know, like you said, there's a lot of issues with sound mixing so. throughout the movie, so probably... They didn't have the best person on the job for that, unfortunately. No. Or like we like maybe they just didn't have enough money to do it over again. Yeah. So, who knows? But it's the asylum now. They've found their niche, <laughs> uh, just making garbage movies. Right. But yeah, it's nice to see them like back when they were like making horror. Or, like it, it, this feels like they were hungry. They were like doing yeah. this for the love and not for like the profit. Not bad, not bad. Yeah, but. which there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with them making, you know, there's a lot of filmmakers who just make, you know, movies for money and still make interesting stuff. And Roger Corman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, some of, like, uh, Herschel Gordon-Lewis is pretty famous for that, too. And, so, you know, a lot of that stuff can be fun. And some of the later Asylum stuff is entertaining. It's not good, yes. but it's entertaining. Um, yeah. This manages to be entertaining and also good, which is good. really nice. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Anthony. So we've done some uh, some schlocky movies, but uh, I mean, I don't think there's there's no telling what we're doing next week, huh? <laughs> yeah. So we just you know we just did the, these double features of like you know kind of crass low budget indie stuff, and now we're kind of moving into a double feature of. A little bit more highbrow, low-budget indie movies. Um, so yeah, next week we're doing No Telling, which is directed by Larry Fessenden, and he also directed another Frankenstein movie. And if you know what that is, you might know what we're doing the week after. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder. All right. Well, in that case, where can they find us, Anthony? Ah, uh, yeah. So you can find us on all the socials at the Frankencast. You can email us at the Frankencast at gmail.com. You can find us over on YouTube, and you can also um, find us over at Patreon.com/slash/TheFrankencast, where uh, we're still doing our uh, one-week free trials. We've actually had a lot of people taking advantage of that lately. We've had a couple people join up, so we uh, we thank our uh, new uh, newcomers. We've got John Hazard, Susan Lester, and anthony perone so uh thank you all yeah thank you all for joining us and uh welcome i've, I've actually had some conversations with a couple of them they've, they've all been very nice and um we're glad to have you and 
welcome more people if you want to um, want to check it out. You know, you got that week to see if you like it, and sounds like some people are liking it enough to stick around. So maybe you'll do the same. Tell your friends. Maybe they're interested <laughs> as well. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Well, in that case, to be continued. <laughs> Thanks for listening.